Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFTs. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is moving the digital You have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the Blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keen. Today is our second episode in our new series on Web3 security, and we have brought on Feld from Boring Security to talk about all things uh, Web3 security. So, Feld, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, you came highly requested. I had uh like last month i was like who should we bring on and then a lot of people said simone online who we brought on and then a lot of people said you um so i'm really excited to to have you on and just to help educate our audience a little more i kind of wanted to start with a bit about your background with security and also your story on how you got into the web3 and nft space yeah yeah sure background on security um i kind of went through my career, like the very traditional IT route, right? Like I was a system admin, help desk person. And then I, I got an interest in security probably about a decade ago. Um, and then from there, I just never really turned back. So worked at all kinds of different um, major companies, government agencies, could never really put down my hacker mindset that I sort of grew up with um, tinkering and all of that. Um, and as far as Web3, I think that really kind of aligns with with, with that as well. Like I've also been into crypto for about 10 years. And so, you know, I just love the sort of tinkery, hacky nature uh, of this space. And, and I, my intro to Web3 specifically kind of came out of DeFi summer. I was doing a bunch of uh, DeFi yield farming, all that kind of fun stuff. Um, seeing that there was a lot of security scams going on in that space. Um, and, and then eventually found my way over to um, the NFTs uh, through, I would say, I think it was Mooncats. I mean, I always known about like crypto punks and crypto kitties from like 2017, but I, I think the first like NFT that I bought that wasn't like 0.01, you know, was 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 my Mooncat, I believe. So that was around the beginning of 2021. So I guess almost almost two years in in Web three NFTs now. Nice. Wow. Wait, 10 years in crypto. So were you buying Bitcoin at like 50 bucks? Uh, yeah, around a hundred sub 200 was, was some of my best, best buys. Nice. That was, those those were the wild. good days. <laughs> that is wild. So, and now you have a board ape. Did you mint, you minted apes? I actually missed the mint. Um, I bought the day of, uh, because I was watching, um, there's a, you can see kind of like what contracts are taking up the most gas. Uh, there's several tools for this. Um, but, and I was just seeing like this board Ape Yacht Club um, name take up so much gas on the day. And so I was like, what, what, what is that? It's not like a DeFi protocol. It's not like a, you know, so like, what is this? And I had to just go take a look. And as soon as I took a look, I just, something inside me knew like, this is ridiculous. I have to buy one. I don't know why. I don't even know what I'm buying, but I just I, I just know in my gut this is something I need. Um, so I ended up purchasing like kind of a rare like hip hop jacket one uh, for like point point four or so, I believe. And I, and then I listed it the next day and it sold, and I was just like so distraught. And and I remember reflecting on that emotion that I had because it's like. I flipped altcoins before and I never really felt anything. I didn't really care. Um, but there is something visceral about NFTs where I was just like, no, 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 I need, but I need to have one of these. And so right after that sold, I went right back onto the market uh, and looked to replace it. And that's kind of what I knew. Not only was Bored Apes onto something special, but I think NFTs in general uh, were probably going to be a lot bigger than people realized. And so 
Yeah, that's that's you, that's the impetus. Sorry, you have a sick collection. I actually went to the ape that you advertise on Twitter and went to the wallet uh, 4014. You have a really nice collection of apes and mutants and other side dogs, like nice ones. It's really cool. Good to see. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, I, I curate it heavily. Uh, a lot yeah. of the collectors really. Uh, I'm like the collector's collector. You know what I mean? Like there's like a mm. comics comic. Um, so I think yeah, most I see all your apes have the merch hats, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's dope. Yeah, that's yeah. really. I mean, you have a sick collection. I'm I'm drooling right now. I'm a little jealous. I got to admit, it's nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm not like Machi Big Brother or or <laughs> no. anything like that, but you know, <laughs> nah, you're, in a, you're in a good spot. You're in a good spot. That's yeah, I like it. Yeah, I mean, Doodles, Cool Cats, you know, a lot of good stuff. Moonbirds, good stuff. Yeah, I, I, uh, I like I like being part of like every major community just to just to kind of see what's going on. Um, yeah, and, and you know, as part of my project as well, it helps to have like a foot hold on on the entire space, entire landscape. Yep. Yeah, we got to talk about Boring Security because you are the founder of Boring Security. And I'm curious if you can kind of tell us more about what is Boring Security. Yeah. Um, well, Boring Security kind of came out of me being so, for, for those that don't know, I'm a moderator in the um, Board Ape Yacht Club Discord. And so it kind of came from the work I was doing there, just like, tracking and, and and looking at scammers who are like stealing apes and, and this that and the other thing and i just kept thinking to myself man there's got to be a way that we can do this better like there's got to be some technical solution we can implement to to make it so this stops happening quickly kind of found out though that really there's two things that needed to happen and a lot of it was ui ux improvements on like the wallet and tooling level um and and like you know platform level but then secondarily, there really needed to be kind of like an education piece for this as well. Like, I, you know, people don't realize this is still very much the wild, wild west. Uh, you know, self-custodying your assets isn't something people are, are used to, um, I think, in general, especially coming into NFTs, right? Like people who have been into crypto for a long time or crypto native, this isn't super, um, you know, new to them. They've all kind of had to do it before. But, you know, smart contracts and so many other risks uh, factors uh, and things at play now, um, you know, self-custodying, how to do that properly is definitely uh, a challenge. And so we quickly realized maybe the technical solution wasn't uh, the way to get a quick win in this space, but maybe we focus on this education piece. Uh, one of our one of our co-founders, um, Ashura, who kind of helped get this project off the ground, already was teaching this um, sort of a class every once in a while in the Board Ape Yacht Club Discord. And I found it really fascinating. Like, I was like, wow, this is a really great thing. I think more people should do this. How do we like take this and, you know, build some rails around it and get more people through it? And then, you know, you know, how do we provably get them through it? And, you know, all this other stuff. So it kind of started there, um, you know, then the need to, you know, how do we stop scammers from being so successful? And so, yeah, that was that was how it started. That's huge. That's very helpful. As we know, a lot of board ape holders have been targeted, you know, because they're one of the most highly valuable PFP project NFTs that people could could have. And yeah, a lot of different scams, a lot of different ways people have been scammed, you know, especially board apes, or at least maybe that's just what makes the big news, you know. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the most common scams that you see people uh, fall for time and time again? Yeah, we we go through these uh, quite a bit of these in, in, in our classes um, to, to really give people an understanding of how they're being targeted. Uh, one thing I will say is that I think people are not used to being targeted by social engineers that are, um, you know, this highly skilled and this motivated. Right. So we think of the average person's brush with scammers as like, you know, you getting a random phone call or like an, even an automated phone call or spam emails, scam emails. Right. Trying to get you to. Um, but very few people are actually targeted um, in, in the real world, unless you're like some executive for a company or, or something like this. Right. So NFTs kind of flip the script on that and, and board apes in particular because of their 
you know, high values, <clears throat> the value went so high so quickly. So I think people just like, there was no adjusting period for like, now I don't have, you know, valuable assets and now I do. Uh, it all happened very, very fast. And so uh, I would say the biggest thing, the biggest things come from those social engineers that are, that are way more skilled um, and, and better at earning your trust and empathy. Uh, you know, these are people out of Canada and, and like the US, right? Like this isn't Nigerian princes uh, trying to scam you here. Like these are very, very highly motivated, experienced uh, uh, folks who are, who are doing this. And so I would say, yeah, the biggest ones are from social engineers and just really getting you to do things you shouldn't do. Uh, in our class, we say there are three things the social engineer is going to try to get you to do. They're either going to try to get you to download or compromise your computer, download malware or compromise your computer in some way. They're going to try to get your seed phrase from you. And then the third thing they're going to try to get you to do is get you to sign some transaction you shouldn't. And so I would say in 2022, that last one has been really the biggest vector for most folks. Um, you know, you see it time and time again on Twitter, um, you know, people signing away assets without realizing what they're signing. Uh, but we still see quite a bit of seed, seed phrase compromises, you know, a lot less than in 2021. Um, but it still happens. There was a board ape uh, that was lost just at, in two, in fact, yesterday um, that were from seed phrase compromises. So that is still very, very common as well. So seed phrase compromises, that's where people are just actually typing in their seed phrase into something? Uh, not necessarily, right? So sometimes that's what they're doing. Other times they're downloading a malicious file, they're letting their screen sharing, they're letting people take control of their machine, pretending to be support, um, any number of things. Uh, a lot of the malware uh, going around now too, like if you, if you execute something, um, one of the things that got uh, uh, render back in the day was, was this .scr file, right? And so it seemed innocuous enough, but, you know, they clicked on it and then lo and behold, their, their seed phrase was, was uh, compromised. So um, we tell people kind of in the class that like your seed phrase is one zero day exploit uh, away from being, you know, from you losing all of your assets if you store it on uh, a software wallet. So we really push the hardware wallet narrative uh, so much so that those companies should be paying us. Dang it. Maybe someday. But it's, you know, we, we, we find that to be really the first step in taking security seriously. Um, you know, there's so many people who say, well, I just don't go to dumb websites and I just don't do dumb things. So I'm not going to get my seed phrase compromised. That, that attitude is pervasive. And I think it's just from people who don't understand how exploits happen, how new security vulnerabilities are found. Um, I, I will say as, as a part of an organization that has found um, insane bugs on some of the top, most, uh, you know, largest organizations that secure the world's data, um, you would be, if you have seen some of the things I've seen, uh, you wouldn't trust your <laughs> seed phrase to a software quality. What have so. you seen? What's some of the spiciest stuff you've seen? It's just like, can't believe it. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of that it was found under NDA. Mm -hmm. um, but I can say some, some stuff was, was with Google, in fact, um, basically not authenticating properly um, some organizational stuff that, that we've, that we've kind of come across. Yeah. Um, I can't get too much into the details, but it was, it was very surprising. Um, Microsoft as well. Um, I used to actually work for, for Microsoft, so I've seen more than my fair share of, of scary, how did this get pushed into production code um, that, you know, is just always surprising. That's crazy. And real quick, while we're talking about seed phrases, um, I've had this question because we saw a few weeks ago how uh, a lot of Solana seed phrases were compromised from whatever that wallet was, um, mm -hmm. Slope Wallet, I believe. So yep. with with MetaMask and with our wallets, so you know, I I'm sure that they're safe, like the seed phrases, but like for some reason, I just feel like that they. Like, what if like everyone's seed phrase got taken? Is that possible? Like, so we have our, our hard wallet and I'm told the seed phrase is stored on there. But like, if you lose that, you could type your seed phrase in 
somewhere else and it matches it up and you get your and you get access to your wallet. So like does that make sense what I'm asking? Is it possible mm-hmm. that MetaMask seed phrases can be compromised out of our control in a huge batch? Yeah, I that is so a lot of the impetus for for boring security is to try to stop these systemic events from happening by, you know, really trying to 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 push people and projects um, towards better practices. So so selfishly, I want boring security to grow quite large so we can have influence in the security practices of larger organizations. We can put pressure on on people uh, like MetaMask, but also like projects who are doing airdrops and forcing people to interact Mm with, you know, third-party websites with their high-value NFTs in that wallet, right? So what we want to do is is really support, um, you know, a move away from that. And then, you know, so to answer your question, is that possible? It it is less likely because MetaMask does a lot of cool things to secure um, the seed phrase, probably that I can't imagine that the Slope wallet was was doing. But uh, again, with software, you're always just one zero-day exploit. And, and I will define zero days. Zero day is something that's like unknown. So some, something new that doesn't have a solution yet. So mm-hmm. uh, so sorry for using jargon there. But, but yeah, you're essentially just one brand new discovered exploit away from, you know, this potential, right? So maybe there is some, there is some uh, crazy, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure the folks here, maybe you've, you've uh, heard of ransomware. It's been in the news quite a lot of the past few years. Yep. Um, it's not un- it's not unfathomable to think there would be some sort of ransomware type thing that affects crypto wallets um, through through one of these like new vectors, right? And so you could end up with a systemic issue of maybe like these wallets being targeted by these bots. Um, maybe you know a, a site that we all interact with frequently gets compromised. Uh, like OpenSea, for example, and you know maybe it downloads this malware on our machine. Any number of ways, right? And and in those instances, um, you know, although it's unlikely that the space has done a lot to, to try to prevent something like this from happening, um, that could lead us down a very very scary systemic, you know, thousands of wallets getting compromised uh, type thing. So so yeah, that's a great question. So- does MetaMask store them centrally? No, no, that does not happen. Uh, one thing MetaMask will do if you're on I, uh, Apple devices is it it does back it up to iCloud, I believe. Uh, it is encrypted, however, uh, with whatever password, uh, I believe whatever password you set. Uh, but again, if your iCloud gets hacked, um, that, could, that could be a problem as well, uh, especially if you have a weak password or, or what have you, so... So um, what should you do if you have MetaMask on your phone right now? What would you suggest to, to be as safe as possible? Because just deleting MetaMask probably doesn't solve that if you already entered your seed phrase. Yeah, I mean, well, firstly, I would say if you're securing high value assets, right, um, consider getting a hardware wallet and then only backing that hardware wallet up offline. Um, for folks who want to use, um, you know, like I used to have like, you know, a half an ETH or so on a mobile wallet in case I'm out with friends and I wanted to pay them in crypto or I saw something that I needed to to, to react on very quickly or to get ETH sent out quickly. Um, in those cases, I don't think it's worth being overly paranoid so long as like it wouldn't be the end of the world for you if you lost yeah. that hot wallet. Okay, sure. Um, but but there, I, I do suggest for most folks, they probably aren't aware that their seed phrase is being backed up on iCloud uh, for those who are on Apple devices. So at least knowing that that's a thing and knowing that you can disable MetaMask from, from backing up to iCloud uh, is, is, is valuable, I think. And you can make the decision on whether or not you want that to happen. Uh, but just know that, that whatever funds are on that hot wallet are a lot more vulnerable uh, than whatever you would have on a, on a hardware wallet. How would you disable uh, that? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually not an Apple user, but so okay. I can't tell you the exact flow. But we have, uh, yeah, in uh, in our Discord, we had somebody. Uh, there's a security thread on this. It's like, yeah, basically you go to like settings, uh, uh, cloud sync apps, and then you select uh, MetaMask as as the application, and then you just select disable. 
Um, and so that'll stop that from, 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 from sinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the exact flow is you, you could find on our discord. Somebody's uh, made a thread about it fairly recently, actually. And let me just plug really quick. We'll, we'll put this in the show notes, but also if you're listening to this, make sure you're following Feld on Twitter. His uh, handle is F E L D four zero one four. And also boring sec DAO. So this is boring security that he keeps talking about. If you follow it on Twitter, you can also see the link to their Discord and all that. Uh, but it's boring sec S E C DAO D A O. So make sure you guys check that out. Um, I actually just joined the boring uh, security Discord the other day, and I've been you know kind of looking through it a bit. So yeah, I, I remember learning way back with with crypto, people would say, oh, don't ever do stuff on your phone. And so I kind of carried that over to, to NFTs. But I think a lot of people do do some things on their phone. One of the things I do on my phone, um, I guess, in relation to NFTs, it's like the only thing is token proof. And I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. your thoughts on token proof. And I guess, is there any way uh, how does like the token proof security work? And is there any way to kind of get scammed out of your NFTs through that? Yeah, great question. Um, actually, you know, token proof is, 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 is great. Uh, we love those guys. We've done um, classes for their community, uh, really close with the, the folks over there. So I really love the product that they're building. Um, I think being able to take NFT ownership proof out into the real world is super, super valuable. Um, and, you know, having to do that with some sort of solution where you actually have to carry your, your, your wallet around or something like that is, is crazy. Right. So I think token proof is, is, is quite good on a number of reasons. One is the initial setup. You only have to do uh, one time and all that, uh, all that it requires is like a gasless signature, I believe, basically just saying, yep, I own this wallet. And then from then on, it knows what assets you have in that wallet. And you can sort of use that to, to sign up for like token proof things. And one really cool thing about token proof too, is like, we tell people like, Hey, if you're ever at these events, you know, you never know if somebody could be sneaking around like an NFT event, trying to get you to open a QR code that you shouldn't. Um, in general, obviously that's not going to happen. People, uh, you know, scammers aren't out in full force in person as much, but we have seen cases of it where malicious QR codes can happen. And so people wow. are like, well, what if I, I didn't think about that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, like what if I, oh yeah. It's uh, it's, I, I think we're going to see it more, but we'll see. Uh, it hasn't been a huge systemic issue as of yet, but, uh, but with token proof, it's kind of cool because they have their own sort of format um, and, you know, you're scanning with the token proof app. So, and then it's, you know, never taking you outside of the token proof app. So that's kind of a cool thing too, instead of just like, you know, uh, you know, taking pictures of QR codes everywhere to get into events or what up through, you know, through any other means, you can just do it through token proof. Uh, so that's kind of cool as well. So uh, I wouldn't super worry about token proof, but, um, you know, if you're ever in a situation where you go to their website and there's uh, some transaction uh, asking you for gas or something like this, well, maybe token proof has been compromised and you wouldn't want to do that. So so we, t- we teach in the class too, like, you know, maybe some signs you could look out for um if something's been compromised or if you're on a website or or something that you shouldn't be um so yeah hopefully that answers your question and metamask has gotten a little bit better right about telling you what you're agreeing to now it's not all like cryptic it'll say like like allow all for a certain collection and things like that yeah and, and also i think one thing that a lot of folks don't realize is uh their transaction insights so you can actually uh, when, when, when a MetaMask transaction pops up, uh, there's actually a second tab called the data tab. Um, and that's actually like really handy because of the information that pops up there um, will sort of show you what the transaction is actually doing as well. So we have an example in our class where we have like one NFT being transferred to another wallet. You know, it's like, hey, do you, can you guys see what this is doing? Um, and that's something that can be trusted as well, that it is what it is doing what it says it's doing, because it's sort of, uh, it's this, it basically sees what is possible on the contract and what you're sending to it and can sort of decode all of that information on the fly. Um, so that's really nice. Uh, that's a really nice feature. I think more people should use that feature as well. 
How much are these classes to take, by the way? Just side note. Uh, free. <laughs> oh, we shoot. Do... Let's go. Yeah, we do all these classes wow. for free. Uh, we teach eight a month. Two of them are completely public. Um, so anybody can join. And the other six we do in partnership with our partners and other uh, projects to sort of teach their community as well. So we're really trying to be a, a public good in the space. Uh, you know, we're there always 24-7 to answer your questions, security questions that you have about security. We're there to alert you about the newest scams in the space, uh, the newest scammer tactics that may be going around, uh, major changes to protocols that people should look out for, things of that nature. Uh, and yeah, and we have a second class coming right around the corner next month. So folks who have taken the first class are eligible to take the second one, uh, also free. So yeah. That is so awesome. And if any of our listeners decide to, you know, check out the Discord and end up taking class, let them know that you came from the NFC Catcher pod. Come on, represent. <laughs> um, that's super cool. I Now I'm like, okay, I got to get on this next class. I got I to gotta figure out when it is. I want to ask about like, for somebody new getting into the Web3 space, you know, looking to start buying and selling NFTs, um, or maybe they're an artist uh, setting up, you know, their own MetaMask account, wanting to mint their own art. What are some first step basic security practices that you always like to preach to new people? Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um we're, we're trying to, I'm actually in the process of making an infographic with, uh, with a graphic designer friend of mine. So we're going to push that out for like a, here's, here's like the, the absolute need to know. Um, but one thing I say, you know, and I think Simona probably covered this as well. I know you had her, but basically artists, you know, it can be a little bit difficult because sometimes when artists jump into the space, they start building up a brand uh, on all these platforms with uh, one wallet address. But then, you know, then the thought of switching that or, you know, maybe importing that into, uh, you know, a, a, a hardware wallet, which isn't really recommended that you do, you know, it, it can create kind of problems down the line. So I think uh, getting a hardware wallet sooner than later is, is, is probably the first thing. Um, but, but secondarily, also just knowing that, um, knowing about sort of how scammers operate in the space so i i usually if i'm getting my new friends into the space i say hey look you're gonna have a lot of people dming you on twitter discord they're gonna be telling you about giveaways they're gonna be telling you about secret mints they're gonna be telling you about um this this new platform they might try to make friends with you uh and it, they might seem legit at first but so it can be really hard to like pick apart the you know the real people from the potential scammers in the space as somebody who is completely green to it um so yeah i say you know get a hardware wallet set up your identities through that i i always when i'm with a friend i always say we're going to set up a few wallets we're going to set up uh uh subdomains in in um ens names so i like to i like to get i like to dive in real deep right away just like all right and but i think people get it right they're like okay my identity is you know Jay Sutto or you know whatever it is at uh, you know dot eth right? But then if you want to have different different um, wallet addresses, you could be like you know this is my vault wallet dot whatever. And so I, I usually recommend people set up a few different ones there. We can get into detail about exactly what goes on in each uh, if if you know, we want to go down that road. But uh, yeah, so basically setting up multiple wallets getting a hardware wallet and then just like talking a little bit about how scammers can really screw you over and uh, really just to read what you sign. Um, and that's like the first, first step. Um, so, you know, it's, it's hard to, that's, that's the struggle though. It's, it's really hard to give people enough information in like a five minute soundbite that is adequate for people getting into the space. Um, so honestly, what I've been telling people nowadays is just, Hey, come take our class. There's also two other uh, folks kind of doing similar stuff to what we're doing, um, you know. So take take a few classes. Uh, Ledger Quest is just around the corner, you know. Uh, yeah, there's 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 all kinds of resources in the space, but learn about scams, learn about hardware wallets, um, and learn about how approvals work and signatures and all that stuff. And and you know those three things will take you very far. 
build a foundation of your knowledge uh, before you jump in and start doing things, right? That's that's very important. Yeah, and, and ask questions. Yeah, ask questions, well, yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've had some people reach out uh, being like, how can I, like, if my NFTs are on OpenSea, how do I move them to looks rare? And it was like, oh, they, you know, it, it's like, they were like, I know this is dumb, but like, can you just help me? Like, I'm embarrassed to like ask this. And it was like, yeah. you know, even simple things where it's like, maybe it makes sense to you. Okay, the meta, the, the marketplace, like OpenSea and Looks mm-hmm. Rare, that's just where you display your NFTs. They're not actually on OpenSea or on Looks Rare. You can display them on different marketplaces. But, you know, some people don't know that. And it's like, there's a lot of basic things that I think we also take for granted in this space that we've just naturally Absolutely. learned. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, there's so much to know. Uh, there's so much you don't know. And even even people that have been in the space for, for years, you know, they're, they're always learning. There's always new things uh, to learn. So, um, yeah. And that's a, that's a, that's a real challenge too, right? Like that's something that we struggle with at boring security. Cause it's like, yeah, we spend the first 20 minutes of the class talking about what wallets are and how to secure your seed phrase and, and all of this stuff. And it's like, you know, I would say probably half the students that come through don't really need 99% of uh, all the sentences uttered in that first 20 minutes, but it it's really helps to sort of set that baseline. But even that baseline that we think, you know, is, is fairly basic, I still think is a little bit too advanced for somebody who has not done anything in the space at all. Luckily, usually when we're doing recruiting, we're recruiting from like other projects so these are people who have bought NFTs before and have been in the NFT community enough to, to be, you know, plugged into Discord and Twitter to, to know, to, to jump into these classes. So, but how to actually take somebody from the ground up, um, it can be, yeah, it can be a difficult challenge. I think other projects are probably better at tackling that issue, certainly than, than we are. But uh, we like to be, uh, we like to consider ourselves and hopefully be a piece of that puzzle um, as you know, the greater onboarding conversation, you know, for, for folks new into the space. Yeah. And huge props to what you guys are doing over at boring security. I mean, that's, that's just super generous of you guys to, to really have that focus on education and really just wanting to help people. Um, that's huge. So thank you for, for everything you do. I did want to get into the wallets cause you were kind of like, Oh, you know, if you want to get into it, I do want to get into it you know, burner, vault, main, can we talk mm-hmm. about the different types of wallets people should be having and and why and what they're used for? Yeah, uh, sure. I think an important distinction before we get into any of that is to just mention that when we talk about multiple wallets, I think people get a little bit confused. They think, wait, so you're telling me to buy a hardware wallet, but now you're telling me to buy three of them or something like this, right? And so I think it's, it's, it's a real important distinction to say that like, actually, you know, your, your hardware wallet comes with, you know, thousands of addresses, in fact, uh, that you're able to, to utilize uh, straight out of the gate. And so, like, when you go to connect your hardware wallet, you notice it asks you to choose uh, an address that you'd like to, 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 you know, interact with MetaMask with, for example. So I think it's important to, to sort of set that ground level to re- to, so people realize, like, oh, like, I can connect multiple addresses from one hardware wallet protected by the same seed phrase. Um, and it's you know connected through MetaMask, but it's still secured by my ledger, my Trezor, my grid lattice, whatever it is. And so I think it's important to kind of start there. But then from there, like once you kind of understand that, um, realizing that when you do things like um, setting up an approval, right? So I think um, this is a kind of a really important piece of smart contracts, right? Is the fact is this idea that you can give um, platforms like OpenSea and LooksRare and X2Y2 the ability to sort of pull assets out of your wallet. But the fact is they still remain in your wallet. Um, you know, and they pull those assets out of your wallet based on the parameters that you agree to in the smart contract. So let's say for example, you're selling an NFT, you're selling it for hundred dollars it's listed on there until such time which it is purchased by somebody else, that NFT remains in your wallet. Uh, But you need to open up those approvals for that to happen. Um, Approvals are great. They make the world go around in smart contracts. They make the world go around in Web3 and NFTs. 
uh, but they can also get you into some trouble. You might approve things to a bad contract. You might approve something. Uh, and then later, maybe uh, you, you accidentally sign something that can be used against you um, or you know something like this. So um, the setup that we recommend most people take is probably a little bit more conservative than what some other folks you may have seen on Twitter. Some like I've seen some Twitter threads about recommending you should have five wallets, seven wallets, stuff like that. Um, we recommend people have three. And the, the real uses of them is you want to have one wallet that has all of your high value assets that never interacts with any smart contracts that, you know, you never list on a, on a platform. You never do any of that stuff. That's what we're going to call your vault wallet. So having your high value assets in there, um, you create sort of this mental separation of like, okay, I know I'm never going to go to sketchy websites uh, and connect this particular wallet address I'm never going to create approvals on this particular wallet address. All I'm ever going to do from this wallet address is send and receive NFTs to it and uh, do a gasless signature to prove that you own assets. Um, and then the second wallet is your sort of main, I think what you're referring to is your main wallet. We call this the sell wallet, right? So this is where if you have high value assets um, that you want to like list for sale, for example, on these marketplaces, um, we also say if you're an artist, this would probably be your, this would be considered your, your main wallet as well. So this is what you're selling all of your assets out of, um, you know, where possible. I think you try to avoid doing anything else outside of these like walled gardens of open sea and, 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 you know, foundation and these known platforms, um, just to reduce your risk for, for those assets. Uh, and then thirdly, the sort of the we call this the mint wallet, the degen wallet, the burner wallet, whatever you want to call it, is essentially where you go and you mint new projects or you go and interact with things that you're not super familiar with. This keeps a relatively low amount of funds in it at any given time um, to really just ensure that like even if you sign something malicious that you didn't realize or even if you you made some mistakes, um, the amount of money you can lose on that wallet is, is, is fairly limited to just the activity that you want to do. Um, I myself keep about point, I think right now I have, let's see, I have it open, 0.54 ETH in my hot wallet. So um, that's the wallet I go and interact with all the crazy stuff that I'm not too sure about. That would be considered a lot of ETH to some people. I'm like, I have two sure. ETH. That is a lot. But yes. Um, I want to see if Michael has a question. I feel like I've been asking a lot of questions. No, this is this is great. I'm just chilling, listening to all the knowledge being dropped. I would maybe I I was looking, and it looks like you guys cover a lot of Discord. You said you were a Discord mod in uh, for the board apes. Um, mm-hmm. As far as from like like a Discord creator, what are some some kind of high level things you can let people know? I know it's a lot about the hierarchy and the permissions. Are there any things that uh, people should be super careful of? And like, if you're start, if, if, if you're somebody that's starting up a discord or has a discord that you're trying to build, you know, what would you, what would you tell to those people? Yeah, I would say, I would say two things really is one is to really be very judicious uh, and follow the sort of model of least privilege. So you know, your mod shouldn't have the ability to do webhooks, like things like this, right? Like there's also some like a little bit of esoteric ones, like you you shouldn't allow private threads. You shouldn't allow threads really in general in Discord. I think it can be a, a big security issue because you can have, you know, if one of the accounts, like say a moderator's account gets hacked and they're able to create these like threads, right? They can create a private thread with everybody except for the other mods. And so, you know, the only people who are seeing it is like, so it, it can be really, it can be really pernicious, right? Like these, these like private threads and public threads and stuff. So there's some things you just want to keep off. Um, we could go into the gambit, but I think like permissions are really a big one. Uh, when you're creating your permission structure, uh, you want to have everything be inherited from the lowest possible role on up. Right. So maybe the everyone role has literally no permissions, but then that role that they get as soon as they verify the CAPTCHA and all that, whatever, 
um, maybe that role gives them some permissions. And then every other thing that you build on top of from there, you don't implicitly put on all those other permissions on those roles. You just add the particular ones that you need in addition to what's below those roles. Um, and it's just a good like mental model to sort of start building your, your permission structure that way. Um, another thing is be very careful with every bot that you add. Um, a lot of bots don't need as many permissions as they say they do. Once one really popular example is uh, Collabland. It actually no longer requires administrative privileges and a couple of other, I believe it doesn't actually require the managed channel permissions anymore either. Uh, so there's a couple of things it doesn't actually require that you can remove uh, as well. And so when you're adding bots to the, to the channel, be really sure about like, okay, does this need webhooks? Does this need, does this need admin pr privileges? Does it need, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Also shout out to ServerForge because they created a game that basically lets you go through and take a test uh, to become a Discord guardian, right? So it's like this like RPG, it's, it's based in Google Forms. It's really cute. Uh, that sort of lets you go through and, and you know, shows you all of these potential uh, problems, right? Like, you know, somebody with a fake bot tag, for example, pertaining to be a real bot, uh, a trusted bot, uh, all these things, like you're going through all these scenarios and uh, you have like life points and like, it's it's really cute. So uh, I can share that link with y'all later. I highly recommend if you're an admin, a mod, uh, you know, project owner, give that game a run through. It's it's really well made, I think. Nice. Yeah. I'm actually in ServerForge. Um, and that reminds me, we we definitely do have to bring someone to talk about Discord security because that's a whole beast in and of itself. Hmm. There's like so much with it. Um, and yeah, just with, man, all the permissions, it's crazy how much you can configure within Discord. Discord's incredible. Um, yeah. But if it's not used correctly, you know, I mean, th there's just so much to know with with Discord. Um, Pretty much every major project has had their Discord hacked at one point or another at this point, including the apes. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, yeah, I would say I would say uh Plum Ferno, she is like uh she calls herself the Discord ma security matron. And I would say that's a pretty accurate title for her. So um if you want to connect there, I'd love to put you in touch with her. And um, you know, cool. she she's I think she's an oh, integral part of, of that uh Discord game as well. So um yeah, I think Discord security, like people you know, because in our class, it's it's hard to get into it a lot, right? Like there's so many little things we can mention. And the biggest thing is just like, if you keep your DMs off and you don't go to outside sites uh, much, you know, or, or if you do, you do it in a very limited fashion, you know, collab land, these sorts of things, you should be mostly okay, provided you're not getting social engineered in your DMs, right? But like, it gets a lot more tricky than that. Like, you know, it gets into like, actually, you know, your auth token is very easy to steal from Discord because it wasn't really built with security in mind. You know, this allows people to steal some token on your machine that bypasses, uh, that steals your account and bypasses 2FA, right? Like, and there's all these things that like, you know, once you start getting into the nitty gritty and like these like bookmark scams and everything else, like there's actually a lot more to know about securing Discord and Discord security, even for an end user. Uh, than just turning off your DMs. But there's just so much to cover in, in a 101 class for us that that's kind of where we, we leave it. But uh, 102, there's a few more things that we talk about. Uh, but yeah, this, this we, we really just talk about a few more things that we recommend the Discord game because it's just, you know, I can't necessarily build a class for Discord admins, <laughs> but uh, right. it, it's helpful for folks who want to, who are, who are doing that, I think. Does Collabland ever scare you? Or do you just, you'll connect to get the roles in different servers. Yeah, collabland has been really good uh, lately. So what I tell people with that vault wallet, right? So that wallet that has no approvals, you don't do any smart contract interactions. It's actually safe to sign things from. So when we were talking about token proof and all that stuff later, uh, earlier on, you know, there's always this like, well, if you don't understand what you're signing, don't sign it. Um, and that's true. And that's especially true if you have a bunch of approvals open. Uh, in December, there was this big hack 
uh, on the Discord or uh, on um, OpenSea, where it was essentially uh, the the create order flow was being hijacked by these websites. Essentially, you know, because really all you need to do to create an order on an open approve on, on an asset that has an open approval on it is just a, a gasless signature, right? So you could think of like listing an NFT. On, on OpenSea, you don't need to do any additional approvals or additional things once you've approved the collection once, right? So these scammers were sort of taking advantage of that. You could do a sort of gasless signature um, to list your NFT. And what it would do is it would list it for 0.0001 ETH in a private sale to these addresses, right? So that's why we say like, it can be really dangerous to do gasless signatures um, in some sense, uh, especially if you have open approvals, but provided that it's just plain text um, and you don't have any open approvals on those assets, uh, you're good to go. Uh, so no, connecting to Cal- Collabland uh, doesn't cause me any anguish uh, because I know if it's going to request me to pay gas, then the site's already compromised or something like that. So it's a good mental check to just be like, oh, I'm going to pre I'm going to Collabland, I'm going to I'm going to these sites. It's asking me to do a transaction. Nope, the front end got hacked. All right, we're done. So that that's how it scares me is that people don't understand that delineation. But once you understand that, it makes going to these sites a lot more, a lot less scary. So that's part of what we teach in the class too, is just to be like, you hear a lot of fear mongering. Like if you accept this WETH offer on this, you know, airdropped NFT, it's going to drain your wallet, right? Well, that's not how this works. You're safe on OpenSea. That's not going to happen. Um, you know, so we kind of try to clear up a lot of misinformation in the space as well with our classes. Cool. Very cool. It's good to know. Cause I do, I do collab land a decent amount. Yeah. And it's nice. You don't even have to sign anymore. You just like go to the website, right? You know, you click the wallet address and then it's like, boom, no MetaMask transaction required. And I think that's smart. Yeah. And then what does it do? It knows if you move the asset somewhere, if it sells and it just, you just lose the role. That's right. Yep. 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 Yeah. It updates periodically. And then I think, and the server admin, the Discord server admin can can choose to like let the roles update periodically. Most do. Okay. So. Got it. Cool. Sweet. Um, do we have any last minute questions for Feld before we wrap this up? The only other thing I had on my list to kind of ask about, and I'm not sure if you're an expert or if there's really a way to, to talk about it, but like minting from contract, um, mm-hmm. is it a good idea? And what's kind of, what should you do to, to make that happen? Yeah, so that's actually something we cover in our 102 class by popular demand. And oh, um, okay. I, I actually, I do think it's a good idea, but there's there's an issue there in that um, the way that a lot of these projects uh, do their whitelists require this, like, you to paste in, like, this Merkle proof, right? And so, like, that's a super long, like, thing usually that they don't give out, uh Sometimes they will if you ask for it. It's not. It's. It wouldn't be malicious for them to give it out or anything. Uh, it just verifies that you are able to to mint from the whitelist. Uh, but so that's that's a little bit of a wrinkle. But but there's a huge benefit. There's two huge benefits actually from minting from contract. Is that a lot of these people who are building websites, right? Uh, they might not be doing it in the most secure way. Maybe they're being really loose with the credentials. And so if it's a hyped mint coming out. Scammers are going to go there and they're going to see if they can hack the website to, you know, present you with a dangerous, uh, a dangerous transaction prompt or request when you go to the website. So, you know, in theory, you should only be minting with your, your mint wallet. And so that way only those funds are at risk, but minting from the contract is nice because, you know, unless Etherscan itself got compromised, which, you know, God forbid that happens, but um, it's a much safer way to, to mint the assets. And so uh, the trick there is really just, you know, connect your wallet, you know, go to this like mint from, uh, go to the contract. And then usually you got to go to write contract on Etherscan. And then you got to do a little bit of math. Unfortunately, that's unavoidable. Um, depending on how many you want to mint, uh, so let's say the mint price is 0.05. You want to mint three, so 0.15 total. Uh, so it's going to ask you the payment amount. So you enter in like you know 0.15, and then the the quantity is three, and then you just hit write, and then it'll prompt you up just like any other mint transaction that you would do from the website. 
two benefits here. Yeah, one, like I said, if that website's compromised, you get to completely sidestep that whole piece of it. Secondarily, it tends to be faster. So in case the website's getting hammered and like, you know, goes down and they didn't buy enough bandwidth to handle it, or they don't have a good way to mitigate uh, denial of service attacks, right? So that's everybody's hitting the refresh button and can't, uh, you know, can't get in. You, you, you completely sidestep that. So, um, so yeah, it can be, it can be a good way to, to do it, but, but yeah, anyway, mention from contracts, if you can do it, do it, uh, highly suggest it. Uh, we actually, the, 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 the 102 claim, we're going to try to have people mint from the contract as part of the test, right? So it's like, you get it when you, you get the NFT when you mint it from the contract. So, uh, that'll be fun. Ooh, that's smart. That's fun. Yeah. Okay. Phil, thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a really enjoyable episode uh, for me personally, and I'm sure our listeners really enjoyed this episode as well. Um, I mean, Web3 security is so important and it's always great, even if you already know this stuff, you know, just to relearn things as well and and hear it, you know, repeatedly and, you know, to, to help you remember. Um but yeah, thank you for coming on. Is there any last minute um, words of advice, I guess, that you'd want to leave uh, our listeners with? Uh, not not really. I would just say slow down and, uh, you know, join us in, in the Boring Security Discord. We, we really, we want to create an environment where anybody can come in and ask a question and nobody is going to ridicule you. Like if you came in and you asked that OpenSea looks rare question, you know, how do I move from one to the other? Uh, nobody's gonna make fun of you. Um, we try to create a really inclusive space um, for, for all people in, in our Discord. So, um, you know, I think people are afraid to ask stupid questions. So even if you don't ask it to us, uh, it's good to have like a little Web3 Sherpa uh, guide to, to sort of help you. So, you know, ask your friends or, or whatever, make sure you're not doing something you shouldn't. Um, everybody, like, don't let your ego get in the way of potentially losing all of your assets in this space, right? So um, better safe than sorry, generally. If you don't understand something, um, try to figure out, try to figure out what it is um, before you, you, you go full steam ahead. So, yeah. Uh, other than that, thank you so much for inviting me. This is, uh, it's always, it's always fun to, to talk to, to people about this stuff. So. Yeah, I can tell you. Oh, go ahead, Michael. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was just going to say it was a pleasure. I learned a lot and uh, I'm definitely going to check out your discord and uh, it's really cool what you guys are doing with the free classes and trying to educate the community. So I wish you the best of luck. If you ever need any help from us, let us know, but uh, it was a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we can tell you're very passionate about this. Um, thank you to everybody listening to this episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Loose. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace.